All right. Hello, everyone. This is Picking Sides. I am Professor Sides, and with me, special guest, Cousin Jared. He is actually my cousin. This is not just a gimmick. We are here with episode one of the 2021 college football season, week zero, episode one, week zero, take three, actually. We are working out the kinks just like the players are. Uh, everyone's a little rusty this time of year when it comes to the gridiron. Other than this being take three, Cousin Jared, how are you doing? Doing doing pretty well and definitely excited to get the season started at noon on Saturday with the week zero slate. Uh, I know a lot of people are into the NFL. They love fantasy football. They love gambling on NFL. Me, it's been a love affair with college football as long as I can remember. Uh, this is my time of year. This is my time to shine. So uh, very, very excited about what the season holds. Yes, I remember uh, growing up, we favored playing uh, NCAA college football over Madden, and, and uh, we're seeing the fruits of that labor right here. I don't think uh, the, the, the hours we spent playing video games are going to help us here, uh, but if nothing else, it was a little foreshadowing as to which uh, direction we wanted to go uh, with providing some football gambling content for people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, with, without any further ado, we'll, we'll get right to it. Uh, we're going to cover all five games that involve FBS schools this week. We usually will not cover every game. That would take way too long. But in this case, with so few of them, we're going to cover them all, whether we have plays on them or not. Um, it's kind of irregardless. Uh, we're going to post all of these onto a Google Sheet, just like I do with the baseball picks. So you can track our records. Uh, and neither one of us actually knows what the other one's picking. So we could be on the opposite side of each other and go head to head. We could be on the same side. We will see. You will find out along with us. So starting us off, noon central time, Saturday, Nebraska at Illinois. Nebraska opened up a nine and a half point favorite. That number has dropped down to seven right now. Which way are you leaning on this one, Cousin Jared? So initially, I was looking for a reason to back Nebraska. There was something inside of me that didn't want to back Illinois, who fired their coach because they weren't any good, uh, and, and back a first-year head coach in that uh, you know scenario. But when I started doing my research for this game, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's not much good stuff going on with the University of Nebraska football program right now. So uh, Mitch Sherman with The Athletic had an article today about Scott Frost in season four, and I, I wrote this down, so I'll repeat the quote verbatim. The plan for a reboot to start year four in Lincoln features a renewed focus on details of the game, such as special teams and discipline play and an emphasis on reducing penalties. Frost also changed his recruiting style this offseason, and it went on to say a few more things. But I don't know about you, but to me, that doesn't sound like a coach in year four who has much confidence in his team. And it just gives, doesn't give me a good vibe. And, you know, don't forget the NCAA announced last week that they're investigating the Nebraska football program. And I'll be the first one to say nobody's really scared of the NCAA anymore. But this relates to uh, unsanctioned practices during some of the COVID lockdowns last year. If there's anything I think the NCAA will actually still try to enforce, it might be, you know, some of those things stemming from the COVID restrictions and everything. On the flip side of all of that, you have Illinois who is a 42nd in returning production in college football this year versus Nebraska, who's 84th and a hat tip to Bill Connolly there with ESPN for those returning production stats. And as much as it pains me to say this, Brett Bielema knows how to coach in the big 10 West. He proved that while he was at Wisconsin, kind of 
was this time in Arkansas perfect? No, but we can definitely say that the SEC West is quite different from the Big Ten West. And in, in my opinion, I think he's going to have more success there than most of the previous coaches that have come through Illinois. And also, we can just go back to last season. Lovey Smith, who lost his job, hung 41 points on Nebraska and beat them last year. So with all of that taken into consideration, I wanted to back Nebraska, but I've actually flipped on that. And I think Illinois is going to take the air out of the football. I see this being a close game at halftime, maybe 13-13, 13-10, something like that. All of the Nebraska players all of a sudden are saying, why in year four with this coach are we struggling with Illinois? And I think they get very tight. I think they play you know, anxious the second half. I think Illinois is loose, ready to go. Um, not sure if they win, but I think they, with the seven points, I think they cover. So I'm taking the seven points with Illinois. All right. Yeah. First official pick here looks like for you. And I have to agree with you there from a personal standpoint. Now, uh, the model that I've built has this game at 7.2. Uh, so basically right on the number. So it's a no play from me. Uh, but I like a lot of what you said there. It's absolutely a make or break year for Scott Frost. Uh, if I remember correctly, I heard some of the defensive players uh, in the secondary for uh, Nebraska talking last year about how, how clueless and how lost they were and things of that nature. It was really bad there. Like you said, giving up more than 40 points to Illinois, not good, not good at all no, there. And no. so, yeah. And so, uh, like I said, from a, from a personal standpoint, I like what you said there. So from a, from a model standpoint, you know, not a play for me, but, but it, it, you're right. If Nebraska doesn't come out and get out to a nice early comfortable lead and run away with this, you're going to have a lot of questions. And I don't know who the questions are going to be coming from necessarily, but if it's from the guys in the locker room, that won't end very well. And uh, Illinois definitely does have a good chance, uh, especially at home to keep this close. So I, I like where your head's out there. Moving on to the next game here, we're going to go in rotation order for these, so not in time order. Um, the next game on the slate, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors traveling to Los Angeles to play UCLA. UCLA is a 17-point favorite, and you got to lay a little juice if you want to take the Bruins. Cousin Jared, where's your head at here? So I cannot be unbiased. For the University of Hawaii. I love the University of Hawaii. I love the Rainbow Warriors. I love the midnight central kickoffs to watch their games. Uh, the great way to end a college football Saturday. Uh, with all of that being said, I think Hawaii is going to be perfectly respectable for Hawaii this year, but I can't get there with Todd Graham. He has a reputation of things start out fine to okay and slowly kind of goes downhill. Uh, I, I just don't think he's the best coach out there. And there's also been a lot of uh, negative news around the stadium front, kind of the environment around the program. Uh, Aloha Stadium was condemned. They're playing at a temporary stadium that was constructed there uh, on campus at the University, University of Hawaii. Um, but they also found out that they're not gonna be able to have fans at their home games for the first few weeks of the year due to the resurgence of uh, COVID cases there on the islands. So it's just kind of a, a, kind of a little uncomfortable situation for them right now. On the flip side of that, UCLA, this is, the, in my opinion, the best team that Chip Kelly has had since he's been there. Uh, they really started playing better towards the second half of last year. And the exact opposite of Hawaii, this is going to be the first time they get to play in front of their home fans since 2019. So I think there's going to be a really good atmosphere there at the Rose Bowl on Saturday. But with all that being said, flashing red lights, sirens going off, UCLA next week hosts LSU. 
I think this is a big look ahead spot there. You know, I could see them getting up in the third quarter, pulling out the starters. Um, you know, it, it's just, I think LSU is going to be on their mind if they're ahead in the second half of this game. So I can't bring myself to uh, lay the 17 points of UCLA. Um, so this is a stay away from me. Yeah, that's a good point there with the look-ahead game. Uh, our model does not take that into account. Um, as it is, I make this game usually minus 21. And so this is an official play for me. Only a small edge. Uh, the reason why is because um, more or less we give more credence to a key number in football. And so when you're crossing the threes and the sevens, especially in the NFL, a little bit in college, though, still that, that matters more. When you get up to the blowout scores, you have to have a big difference for that to really matter. So uh, I make this four points higher than it is, but not a huge edge, but enough to play. Uh, so I'm officially taking UCLA minus 17 uh, official juice that I'm landing with that. I don't love it, but is minus 116. Um, just from a observation standpoint, they have rolled offensively when they have been able to keep the quarterback clean. I don't see Hawaii putting any pressure on them. I see this being 35 nothing, you know, 42 nothing early on. The back door is a possibility, and that always worries you laying any number of points. But I think UCLA should be able to have their way. The other thing of note, something to keep an eye on with UCLA this year, in Chip Kelly's first couple of years, they didn't play Chip Kelly football. They played slow. Yep. And that says a lot about what you think about your offense, especially with what you saw with him playing at Oregon. I, he think he knew if he played fast, it wasn't going to end well. He right. was just going to punt and give, put his defense back on the field. Last year, they started cranking it up a little bit as they got rolling. And so I, I think he's starting to, to, to like what he has there. And that tells me everything I need to know. I completely agree with you. UCLA has started extremely slow in the first game of the season the past few years. I mean, there was a game against Cincinnati a couple of years ago, maybe the first mm -hmm. year that Kip mm -hmm. was there, and it was just, you know, it was ugly, low scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember seeing that. his Oregon games. It was just, you know, claw my eyes out. Why am I watching this? This is not Chip Kelly's offense. I don't think you're going to have that problem this year. I think they're going to come out of the gate pretty hot. Um, I just, I can't get past that LSU game next week. That makes sense. And that should be a good one to discuss uh, next week. Usually in LSU will be a, a fun matchup. Uh, yeah. But moving on to our third game for this week, uh, a game that would not cross the radar in a normal week. But hey, you got five games. You're going to watch them all. UTEP at New Mexico State. New Mexico State played a weird schedule. They did not play at all. The, the state of New Mexico basically said sports are done in, in COVID times. And whether you agree or not with that, you know, that decision, that's what happened. Uh, and, and, and then they played a few games in the spring, but they played a couple of schools I've never heard of. They played a school that you'd think would be in the Southeast, but they're actually in Utah. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't quite get it at all, but, but they're playing again now. Is that an edge or not? I have zero idea. They're getting yeah. nine points uh, against UTEP. So uh, UTEP laying nine on the road, uh, traveling to New Mexico state where I don't know if there will be fans there or not. I don't know if it matters uh, in yeah. that situation, but it is what it is. So yeah. where's uh, what do you, what do you have on this one? 
So this is the hard hitting analysis that you come to this podcast for, because of all of the research I did for these games, I did the most research for UTEP at New Mexico. State. Oh, I love it. So I love it. it. Also, if you're lucky enough to get one of the Valley sports, I think channels that this comes on good uh, for you. Uh, you know, I'm sure everybody wants to be watching UTEP in New Mexico state. Um, of course. So, yeah. What else are you going to do on a, on a Saturday night with nothing else happening? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I wrote in all capital letters on my research sheet. I want to bet UTEP. I want to believe in UTEP. That's what I wrote down. They won three games in 2020, the most games they've won in the season since 2016. New Mexico State, as you alluded to, only played two games last year. Those were both during the spring. They lost by double digits to Tarleton State, which is actually here in Texas somewhere. Couldn't tell you where, maybe San Angelo, who knows. Uh, and they had a single digit win over Dixie State, which as you said, is in Utah, not in the Southeast. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so all of that context seems like an easy UTEP play here. But digging into those UTEP wins last year, none of them were very impressive. They beat Stephen F. Austin by 10, Abilene Christian by 4, and Louisiana Monroe by 25, which sounds like a pretty decent win. Louisiana Monroe went winless last year uh, and canned their coach to hire Terry Bowden. Uh, Terry Bowden, actually, at Akron from 2011 to 2018. Any ideas where he has been since he left Akron in 2018? I've, no, I haven't heard the name in a while. He was an unpaid graduate intern with Clemson. So good for him. I guess he maybe got a national championship ring out of that. Anyway. Hey, no one can ever take that away from him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, this is what you come to this podcast for. So excluding Louisiana Monroe last year, the last time that UTEP would have covered a spread of, of laying nine points against an FBS team would have been November 26, 2016 against North Texas. I want to believe in UTEP. I can't get there for me. This is a stay away because I'm definitely not betting New Mexico State, but I just can't quite get there with UTEP either. Yeah, and, and New Mexico State, the worst team in the country. I don't really think there's uh, much conversation around that. I think they're, they're, they're agreed upon that. If you saw on Twitter, posted uh, my rankings uh, of how I've compiled everything and, and in the explanation, I always put what the ranking is of the worst team, just so people have, have context for that of course New Mexico State is that team they are very bad um, the fact that they're only getting single digits is kind of concerning like you said it makes you wonder how bad UTEP is right yeah and and people might say how do you come up with a rating for these teams this early in the season nothing's happened but you have to remember that recruiting rankings are are very predictive um, previous results are very predictive. We have a lot of tools to project and they won't be perfect, but on the whole, they tend to lead us in the right direction. We know New Mexico State's going to be bad, but as you alluded to there, we also know UTEP is going to be bad. I only make this game six and a half. It's not wow. that I think New Mexico State is any good. It's just, I don't think UTEP is any good either. Yeah. And I'm going to be brave and I'm going to actually say that's an official play for New Mexico State, the, a, a reasonably large edge. Crossing the seven is a, is a nice get there. They could lose by seven, and, 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 and that's, yeah. that's perfect, right? Or, or, again, I make the game six and a half. They could easily lose by six. They could lose, lose by a field goal. They could lose by 30. They could win. I think this is one of those anything could happen games, and nobody right. should be surprised. And so when you're getting nine, that seems like a win. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it, another another angle to look at, and we're not taking money lines here because you could get into all sorts of different crazy things, but a money line play there also wouldn't be crazy 
anything yeah. can happen in that game and you get great value. It's not a play that's going to win half the time, but with the plus odds like that, you don't need it to win half the time. And, profitable. And, the, and apparently it's a big rivalry game, you know, two bad teams, but, but anything's possible in a rivalry game. So, it, you know, I, I, I can't fault you for that play. Yep, it is. Las Cruces, uh, where New Mexico State is, is not very far from El Paso. And so, you know, models love playing really bad teams. You just got to figure out which bad teams to avoid. It's too early in the season to know at this point. So yep. we might just keep kind of playing all the bad teams and take the wins where we can get them. And hopefully we'll learn to avoid the, the really bad teams as, as it moves on. I, I think this is a good example of some of the uh, differences between NFL gambling and college gambling is there is value to be had at the bottom of the barrel with some of these college football teams, whereas the NFL lines are usually much sharper, you know, you're difficult to find a lot of good value there. Uh, some of these college football games, especially way down the sheet like this, you can usually find some value. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the value that we're going to hopefully exploit as the year goes on. Next game on the docket, UConn at Fresno State, also a game that would not register whatsoever in a normal week. Fresno State is a 27-point favorite. You also have to wonder how they got UConn to travel all the way out there. Is this a home-and-home? Home? Did Fresno State decide that they want to go out to Connecticut? I have no idea, but that's yeah. quite a road trip to a place that's not really an exotic destination. On, Fresno on State – in week, week zero. zero. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Fresno State, again, 27-point favorite. So if you want to back Fresno State, you're laying a lot of points there. You have an angle for us. My notes for this said UConn at Fresno State. That was it. Uh, there will be a game. There, there will be a game. will be played. Uh, you can gamble on it. Uh, I would probably not recommend gambling on it. Uh, UConn, I think, is going to be bad. Fresno State, I think, will be an above-average Mountain West team. Is that worth laying 27 points in Week Zero? UConn having last year completely off, haven't, hasn't played a game since 2019. I, I, it's a stay away from me. And it totally makes sense. I completely agree with that. However, uh, the model disagrees with that. The model thinks this is too many points and wants to take UConn. Should you take UConn? I have no idea. Um, you know, a lot of these games, when they're bigger games, right, we can talk about some things. We can talk about some things we've seen. We can say, I really agree with the model because of this or that. Sometimes you just trust the math, you know, yeah. and, and the math. And, and sometimes you trust the math on a team that hasn't played in a year. I think the key here uh, for why UConn is a play, 27 is a lot of points. Obviously, you'd love 28, but when you get up to that that many points, it's it's just a lot of points for, yes, UConn is bad, but Fresno State is not the second coming of Alabama, right? They're, they're not a team that that should get out to a 40-point lead at halftime, and that doesn't mean they won't, right? Anything can happen, especially in one game, anything can happen, but yep. they're, they're not a team that you feel like is going to just go out there and lay down the gauntlet and be up, and this thing's going to be over. Um, you're hoping that UConn can, can kind of lull them to sleep a little bit and, you know, be down 10 at the halftime and just kind of be, you know, you got an ugly win, lose by 21 or something right. like that. And so, again, this is one of those things we're going to do that a lot here is just going to kind of trust the math. The math works in the long run. It's not going to work for. 70% of plays, but to be honest, I've never seen anything work on 70% of the plays, uh, unless you're taking big money lines and then you're probably, then you might win 70% of the time, but you're losing money, right? And that's not yeah. good for anybody. So yeah, not a lot of analysis on this one. Um, 
I can't wait for the analysis on the next one because we've really hit the bottom of the barrel now. Again, going in rotation order, now we are down to number 308901 Southern Utah at 308902 San Jose State again. Week zero, man. And San Jose yeah. State, who pretty good last year in the Mountain West, expected to compete again, only favored by 21 at places that this game has a line at. I have an idea of where you're going with this one. I'd like to hear you defend your position. So uh, the official name of San Jose State will be 2020 Mountain West champ San Jose State from now on. Touché, uh, had a very had a very good year last year uh you know the victories they they had some wins against the new mexico's and unlv's and some of the lower tiers of the mountain west they also had wins over air force san diego state nevada and they beat boise state in the conference championship game so they had some pretty good wins last year uh they're 27th in the country in returning production if i think i'm correct on this this is about uh nick stark Nick Starkle's 300th start, something like that. Uh, I was Probably. there for the first third of his career. Um, so something about this felt off. Uh, I, I think we saw at one place it may have opened around uh, 18 and has since moved to 21. Um, so I did a little research on Southern Utah. They were one in five last year. So again, alarm bells going off here. Why did it open at 18? Um, the Southern Utah, those five losses last year came by a combined 15 points in five losses. They had two losses by one point, I believe one loss by two points and, you know, one by, I don't know, three points, something like that. It, a lot of close losses there. Um, with that being said, San Jose State has so much returning production. They have a good, solid team. They have a veteran quarterback that I think is going to know how to come out and prepare and be ready to go week zero. Um, I, I just... I don't see any way that San Jose, you know, back in front of fans for the first time since 2019, just like UCLA being in the state of California, I just don't see a way that San Jose State doesn't come out playing solid football right out the gate. Personally, uh, this isn't out there yet. I would play San Jose State in the first half to cover. If you could get anything, you know, maybe lay two touchdowns in the first half, uh, excuse me, I said first quarter. If you could get them to lay two touchdowns, maybe in the first half, that's a number that I would gladly take if I could get maybe 13 you know lay 13 points in the first half that's definitely something I would do uh, but you know since we're in a giving mood it's week zero I'm going to go with the full game make that an official play as well I'm going to lay the 21 points um, with San Jose State and, uh, and I'm going to feel good about it I like it I'm on the same boat there I'm also laying the 21 we use a lot of different advanced metrics here and building this model up um, not all of them have FCS metrics, but when you when you dive into Southern Utah, they don't grade out very well. I think if you look at the record, the one in five, and you say, oh, they were close losses, but when you look at who the losses were to, it's a whole different class of competition to play San Jose State. And so, you know, if you're looking at that and saying, oh, they might can keep it close, they lose close, they lose close to teams that are not as good as San Jose State. And not that San Jose State is going to be competing for a national title, but San Jose State is a pretty solid team. Yeah. And I, I think that Southern Utah is just going to be extremely outclassed. This line doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It is out there in several places right now. It probably won't be out for those of you in uh, Vegas or in other places around the country with legalized gambling. If you're doing the offshore stuff, uh, it's already out there at probably whatever, uh, whatever your book of choice is. Um, so we'll see how this line moves, but we went ahead and already locked this in on bet stamp. 
uh, minus 21. It just seems too good to pass up. And of course, again, anything can happen in sports. You may look like fools here in Southern Utah may come out and win this game, but this line doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and my, my, my confidence interval is a little bit wider on this game because it mm. involving an FCF school, but I still make this game 27.9, which is quite the uh, difference from 21. And so that's uh, where I think we align at least on one. So we, we get to yeah. pull for the same thing. Yeah. I'm just glad yeah. we didn't have, have something different on the game, right? Because that was obviously yeah. on the table. It'll happen eventually. It'll happen yeah. eventually. Yeah. And, and every time that Cousin Jared's on the pod, we may have like a Mountain West, you know, specific segment every week. I love Mountain West. It's like the alternative version of Pac 12 after dark, you know, Mountain West after dark. I, I much prefer to have an Air Force Boise State game on at midnight uh, as opposed to, you know, a Washington State. And, you know, whoever Oregon State game. Uh, so big Mountain West fan right here. Uh, you're probably going to be hearing more about that conference than you want to this season. Hey, I, th- I think, and I think that's good. I think people people want to hear about the Mountain West and the Pac-12. Early on, you know, at the, at the noon slot and the, the three o'clock slot, there's so many games. You can find information yeah. about anything and you can be really selective, but a lot of people want action on the, you know, 11 o'clock games and the, yeah. the, the, there's not a lot to choose from. So I think people want to hear about those games and, and want some opinions on that. So yeah. I think that'll be a, a, a good thing. And so I think that wraps us up here for episode one, week zero of the 2021 college football season. Again, we will put these in a Google sheet, post those on Twitter, uh, track our records as the season goes on and see, uh, how we do. Thank you so much for watching. It was a pleasure. Cousin Jared, any parting words? I hope some of these win. I hope some of these win too. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. And thank you again for watching and I will see you next week.